the scriptures, the scene, verses 21 to 28. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. You must grow through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Afterwards, after going through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went to Italia. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Let's pray together. Jesus, we we read of Paul and Barnabas. And indeed, uh, the gathered churches of those times. And such was their love for you that they had met you, encountered you, fallen in love with you, been moved by you. That we now read their story and of, of their adventures. And I pray this won't be like a history lesson, it's not that intention. But I pray that in in the story of what we have heard, their inspiration would impact us. That the love of Jesus would compel us and constrain us to. Thank you for my sisters and brothers for their faith and their commitment, for their love for you. Thank you for what you have done in this uh, people, in this place and what you are intending to do. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that, that in line with your plans, you would work in us this morning. Would something begin to make sense again? Would something of the stirring of your spirit work in us? And the outcomes of this time Bring transformation to us in this world onwards from now. Help us in our hearing, our listening, our growing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It seems a little bit like a travel log, this story. They're they're moving from place to place to place. If you have uh, one of the benefits of having a paper Bible, uh, we do use lovely electronic versions, the immediacy, and be able to search things. But one of the things that paper Bibles usually have at the back is a map. 
I've not come across them in uh, versions. And you can, like, you can chart where they went. And you can see that the, the gospel compelled and motivated these people. The love for Jesus uh, motivated Paul and Barnabas and uh, the people of God at that time to, to take the message of Jesus to establish uh, outposts of faith, churches, little representative, local representatives of the body of Christ, and to see the church established, to see Jesus' glory in all sorts of places. And that's who we are. The, the same mold, the same character, the same call and commission of God upon them is upon us. We believe in the same Jesus. We're called to the same faith. One Lord, one faith, uh, one baptism. We are called into the purposes of God. Uh, when uh, Phil and I were a few weeks ago, uh, wonderfully at uh, the Open Doors Leaders uh, Gathering, uh, we were really blessed by helping us think a little bit about uh, aspects of the world church, the persecuted church, of things that we can learn and gather from in this ongoing commitment. We are praying for the, the persecuted church regularly, for our sisters and brothers and partners in mission, wherever they happen to be, as well as locally. And know that, that sometimes it's not an easy story to hear. Sometimes that it's, it's a challenging story. Sometimes it can kind of weigh heavily on us and think, gosh, this is hard work. But reminded it's worth it. It is worth it. That in these, uh, these few verses, we, we gain some encouragement of what was happening. Uh, we remember that uh, the church has, has been uh, uh, catalyzed into being through the resurrection of Jesus from despondency and doubt into belief and certainty that, that the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost upon all flesh and equipped and challenged to, to be the people of God, the, the renewed people of God, not by law but by grace, not by works but by power, not by, uh, but, and into faith uh, and into the equipping of the Holy Spirit. And, and, that, and we're celebrating Pentecost in a couple of weeks and a reminder to keep on asking, be filled with the Holy Spirit for the task at hand. And we see just in these uh, couple of verses as the church has expanded and grown, as uh, the, the, ex, the, the, the border, so to speak, of, of the impact of the gospel is broadening and broadening and broadening from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth, the, the power of God at work. We see in these, uh, these few short verses the impact of that and also the purposes that are ongoing, constrained by the love of Christ. I celebrated a birthday this week, some of you know that, uh, and that isn't a plug for you to wish me happy birthday. But uh, I do find that in birthday moments, it's, it's a good moment to, to kind of reflect on the year, to look back, to uh, remember how old I am. <laughs> My godson wrote me a card and said, are you 46 or 47? He couldn't remember, and I was uh, a little bit rude of him, but anyway, I, I said I'm the younger of those. Uh, and also, I was uh, asked uh, the question this week as I met someone yesterday, uh, just in talking about what I've been doing of, of the number of years that I've walked with the Lord now. And it's a time to sort of stop and reflect and think, how has the Lord been at work this year? And what is he doing? And what am I committed to in going forward? One of those things as I've been sitting and dwelling and praying is I want to keep on growing and knowing the love of God. The love of God. It is 
the compelling thing in life. It's shaping and it's creative and it's disturbing because it goes deeply into who I am and what motivates me. It's compelling and life-changing because it goes deeply into who we are as a church, of what it means to be God's people. What do I mean? Well, I've been reading in my kind of quiet times through some readings, some thoughts from an author that I do like, but he has a different perspective on faith, a guy, an American theologian called Walter Brueggemann. He's great. He's an Old Testament theologian. And I've been reading through these, these readings, and, and it's been really helpful in reminding me and shaping me of, of how deep the love of Jesus goes. In some of the readings from the New Testament about how I'm being stirred in my love for Jesus and my love for my neighbor, to love God with all my heart and mind, soul and strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. It trips off the tongue. It's one of those, those great commandments that we learn. But how, how, how profound it is to work that out in the, in the daily life, isn't it? My mum was here this week to celebrate my birthday. And every time I meet her, I have to remember to honor my mum and love her. She's not very good with IT, so she won't listen to this online. So uh, I, I can say... <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> if I ever have a bubble of holiness, my mum comes and it bursts. <laughs> but you know, as I've been reading and praying, I've been thinking, Lord, help me to, to love my mum. She's great. She's, she is great. Honestly. I want to love her more. I've been reading through the Old Testament and reading again the heart of God. This is this morning from Leviticus about, uh, about how to trust God for provision through the year of Jubilee, but also of how God will provide, of being still, of being resting, of allowing God to be God in our lives and not just seek and strive. To care for the poor and the refugee, to care for the outsider, to treat the, to treat the stranger with great hospitality. The love of Jesus compels us, compels us as a church and the impact of that for a nation. I've been reflecting on that, and I've been thinking about how we continue to do that, how we take these most key and foundational things and live them out, not just gathering on a Sunday, but the heartbeat of living in every day. That in this, in this short story, the love of God, the love of Jesus, is motivating and filling the experience of all the believers. We hear of two, Paul and Barnabas, but it was a community of faith. That in this story, we, we, we hear that they are strengthened. They strengthen the disciples and encourage them to remain true to the faith. Uh, to strengthen the disciples and remain, encourage us to remain true to the faith. This is really important for us. That we are to be strengthened. If you are into fitness regimes, you start and you work up. Uh, if you want to know more about it, Zach does a whole lot of personal training and he can help you become strong. And he'll give you a plan of action and a goal to work towards. For us as disciples, for us as a church, to 
be encouraged as disciples to be strengthened and remain true. We are in an age where there are all sorts of challenges to faith. You know that. You can read the papers, you can listen to podcasts, you can, you can hear the challenge of, of, of what it means to believe in our nation, in our age. We want to keep encouraging and strengthening each other in the faith. We want to keep encouraging each other by, by gathering together, by sharing the Lord's Supper, by hearing the story of what God is doing. I'm really well aware, uh, as we, we gather, we were just praying about it this morning, that, that we come and we've kind of looking reasonable on a Sunday morning that we come. Uh, but I know that behind how we are presenting to one another, there are all sorts of, of issues in the heart and the mind that are going on. Aren't there? Circumstances, situations, problems, doubts, realities, that, uh, secrets even, that are weighing heavily upon the heart and mind. And the nature is, is that sometimes when, when we uh, feel constrained that that is unshareable, unspeakable, that we carry that burden alone, that it, it, it tends to wear us down. There's something about being the people of God, being in faith together, that with courage and boldness sometimes as we share what the reality is about that we can draw together and pray and support each other and encourage each other and strengthen each other. Because on our own, it's really, really tough. A phrase that uh, Ruth Rice helped us with and we've been using a little bit is uh, we do genuinely want to be a church where it's okay not to be okay. That isn't denying the gospel, but it's being real. But also to, to take seriously the scriptures and, and the story of faith that we should strengthen the disciples, that's us, and encourage us to remain true, to help confront the issue or the doubt, uh, and not to be knocked over by it, but to work together, sharing together, calling on God together to help us through it. Verse 22 helps us in that loving of, of Christ, loving of God, or compelled to know what we believe, to grow in that. Also to live it out, verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in the church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they put their trust, to live the gospel out. Just this last week, I've been asking God to help me to live things out and to notice things that I can learn from. Uh, and as I've been looking back, there's some inspirers that I've, uh, that I've I'm so thankful for in my life. There's one of my dear friends who, who uh, helped me become a Christian and uh, is still always encouraging me about how to live out faith. It's not that we sit down and have a deep and earnest all the time, but, but just in witnessing how he lives, particularly in the area of, uh, of generosity and hospitality. I've learned so much from him about, about that, of, uh, of seeking to, to be generous with time and with money. He, uh, as a student, um, students, I'm sure you know, don't have a great deal, but committed to, to giving to the Lord, taught me about tithing, taught me uh, about 
the challenge of that, and my mum and dad at the time were really kind of, because we didn't have student loans in those days dating me. I know we had kind of grants and maintenance and all that. Uh, and uh, they were like, well, you can't give the money away that we're giving you. And I was like, well, I won't tell you then. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the wisest thing. But I learned, even when I didn't have much, the discipline, the commitment to generosity of not legalism of a must, but learning about the character of God, generosity of hospitality. I learned this week from, from someone who um, I've just, just open-hearted to the outsider. I was spending time with someone and, and um, got to meet uh, them and last week in church, not here, somewhere else. Uh, the, this friend who's new to this town uh, in a role that he had uh, invited someone who he'd met in a supermarket. Uh, and this guy worked in the supermarket as, uh, as a, you know, on the aisles kind of thing. And um, it was over a couple of weeks that they'd just seen this, he'd seen this guy laughing with someone else and, and kind of laughed along. And then that struck a couple of conversation and, and then kind of invited this guy out for, for, to go for a coffee, which they did, and then said, come to church. He hadn't been to church for six years. I said, would you come with me? And he did, and, and someone else that was uh, new to the area just kind of connected of that, of that openness, of that, of that looking out for who is on the edge and inviting. I encouraged him and said, well done in your witnessing, well done in your noticing, well done in living this faith out. Not just for the leader. Uh, Joy and I were at a, a training event for uh, something called the Jesus Deck. It's not DJing, in case you think that's about what the deck is. It's a, it's a way of sharing faith in a, in a particular way with some um, cards that tell the story of Jesus. And uh, Joy was telling me about something you've been doing up in uh, Runcorn. Is that right? With um, a vicar and a church uh, and in a council estate. And there is no vicar at the moment in that church. So they were interviewing and, and helping kind of do a little bit of a mission audit. And uh, the church wardens in this uh, small church were saying, well, when the vicar comes we'll be able to do this. Or when the last vicar was here, we did this. And the vicar had left. The leader had left. And the church was kind of like in this holding zone, saying until the next one comes, then they can connect with the school, and then they can connect with the people in the community, and then we can do the services. And, then, and it was like so centered upon the one person. Do you see what I'm saying? With the body of Christ. To live it out, each of us. This story tells us about the importance of sharing. They preached the gospel. Verse 27, they gathered together and reported all that God had done through them and how he'd opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Nothing encourages me more than when I hear about God at work in your lives. Do you know that? Every time I hear that, I may not show it on my face, and I need to do that more because I'm kind of a little bit reserved like that. But there's part of me that goes, thank you, Jesus. Yes. When I hear, you know, and, and there's nothing more discouraging than at the end of the week thinking, I wonder what God's done in God's people this week. I know nothing. <laughs> it really is encouraging for one another when we are able to share stories of faith. I haven't asked permission. I hope this is okay, Jim. I, was, I went and visited Jim on, on uh, Friday just um, 
after Hazel had died, and hearing of their faith in the Lord in these difficult days. And I was so encouraged because even facing death and the loss of someone that I've been married to for nearly 51 years, the testimony that Jim said, I hope it's okay to share, Hazel saying her faith got stronger and stronger in her final days because Jesus was present and close. And I was so encouraged to hear that. And I hope that encourages you. And I hope that, that, that in this community of faith, of our church to grow stronger and to strengthen each other, not only will we know the truth and live it out, but we will also share in the challenges of being real, but the stories of God at work. And it may seem to you just slight and insignificant, but it's the story of God at work. I have, every time uh, it comes to baptism, people, people say, well, I've not got much to say in my story. You know, there's, there's some people, that I was talking to a, a teenager recently, and they were saying, I haven't had one of these stories of going a long way away. I've just kind of known Jesus through my life from being really little. I've been brought to church, and he's been a feature of my life, and, uh, and now here I am, and I want to, to think about baptism. And, but it's not very exciting, is it? I go, yeah, it is. Jesus at work. I thank the Lord that there are, there are young men and women growing up in a community of faith who haven't had to go through the awful places and have a whole lot of brokenness to repent of. God is gracious to every one of us. I do encourage you, if you can, to share something of faith together, something of what the Lord is doing, whether that's in house groups or over coffee, uh, of just speaking of it. And we're not very good at it. We kind of feel like it's blowing our own trumpet to say, let me tell you what God's been doing this week. Sounds a bit like grand. Who, who am I to say that? Have permission. Have permission. Or you read something in the Bible that made sense, or, or there was an opportunity to pray with someone, or there was a, a moment where you took a step of faith, of courage. Let me tell you about it. Or ask someone, but without kind of making them feel guilty. To preach, to share the story, and to share a testimony. To be committed in these disciplines and, and to, to pass on what we know. Someone said it like this, blessed are the cracked, for they will let the light in. This little story is real. Paul and Barnabas serving. It's not a make-believe land. We know that sometimes there were tensions. Paul and Barnabas parted company. Paul and John Mark had a falling out that just in the next chapter in the Council of Jerusalem, they, they faced some really, really deep issues about what it means to live out their faith in that day and age of how to work out the theology of, of how you bring together the Jew and the Gentile. We're in that place in our, in our church life of how we wrestle with some deep questions of our day about end-of-life care and beginning of life and ethics and artificial intelligence of, 
Uh, of we know the challenges of our day, of, of what it means to remain true to the gospel in a culture that is, is changing its norms. Brexit or not? Same-sex marriage or not? It's not that we live in a, a funny bubble and these aren't real issues. But in the midst of this, in the midst of our journey, we are called to this eternal task of the gospel, the good news of salvation, of sharing our faith, of passing it on, of, of contending prayerfully in unity, in commitment to the Lord and to one another, and wrestling through the culture in which we live, mindful of the love of Christ which still compels. Of being real in the reality of, of our living in the ups and the downs. And to be looking for the kingdom of God coming. At our AGM last week and at our vision meeting, we talked about something the Lord is stirring within us to seek to, to reap a harvest. Prayer is really vital in that. We were praying about that this morning. Of Jenny encouraging us of, of the timeliness of praying individually and together. Uh, as, as churches across this nation with uh, the Archbishop's message, Thy Kingdom Come, this prayer initiative towards Pentecost, of praying, Lord, let there be a change in our nation. Let there be a return of people to Jesus, repenting and believing in the Lord. I pray you join in that for us, with us, praying that as we, we, we look for, for in this eight, uh, next kind of, 12, 14 months towards the Alpha courses, the kind of faith goal of, wouldn't it be great to have 50 guests on our 50th course? And as Betty reminded us at the AGM, what about 49 on the 49th? <laughs> if you're saying it's up to Phil and I and the leadership team, we might get a few. But together... And we don't want to get to, to 2019 and go, oh gosh, you know, this is a really big ask now. But it starts here. It starts here in, in, in bringing Jesus to the front and center. He is, I know, in your lives. But to speak of him easily, to pray, to share that faith, to show it, to live it out. In the events coming up this week, it's part of that plan to be witnesses, to share our faith. Whether it's in Seoul in Camden or a messy church or our open air or like my friend, to invite someone to something. It takes a bit of guts. But I'm thankful for the story of, of Paul and Barnabas, who were gutsy. And I thank you for you guys, for your gutsy too. And I pray that as we come to the table of remembrance and of commissioning, of grace and calling, the Holy Spirit would do a fresh work in us. Shall we pray together?